And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy, they're going to get accountability, they're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 226 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I'm Grant Brisby here with Andy Baggerly. Andy, the 2000 Giants hit 226 home runs as a team. I won't belabor the point, uh, but I just want to go back to the time very briefly when everyone's like, oh boy. Pack Bell Park is a band band box. (laughs) Yes. You remember that? I do. Well, so even before Kevin Elster hit three home runs in the very first game there, Kevin Elster of the Los Angeles Dodgers, by the way, um, they played a couple of exhibitions there, and the ball was flying out uh, of those (laughs) exhibitions. And even when when guys were taking BP, when the stadium was still still partially under construction, like Rich Aurelia will tell you stories. It's like you just touch it, and it went so – um, obviously that's not how, uh, the park has played out for most human beings, not named Barry Bonds, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, those, it was wild. Everyone was trying to figure out how is this ballpark going to play? Because, you know, when they built Candlestick, they, they, they didn't realize that they had massively screwed up. So they were, Giants were paranoid about, uh, you know, they called in wind experts and all of these different people did all this scientific modeling to figure out, you know, how they were going to construct the ballpark in a way that didn't, you know, become another candlestick. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think they did okay. I, th- I think the place <laughs> turned out okay. I think the place turned out okay. I remember uh, getting in arguments, online internet arguments, uh, about people who were saying like, oh, that's so stupid that they built the ballpark for Barry Bonds to make a short porch. It's all it's all trying to game them to win the home run record. And it's like, no, I don't think that's how you build a ballpark these days. I don't think you think about one person on the current roster who's in his 30s. But anyway, I, it's a good segue because uh, the 2000 Giants, uh, they started the season four and 10, and then they lost again. They famously did not win a home game until the very end of April. Uh, so uh, will this team win the NL West, I suppose, is my question. The 2023 Giants. <clears throat> yes, they'll just have to take a road trip someplace <laughs> like Montreal and just get right, you know. Um, no, it's... it's uh, you know, they, they've, they've lost a series to the Royals, and the Royals are, have a Royals-like record. Mm-hmm. They they couldn't beat the Tigers in Detroit in the two games they were actually allowed to play. Uh, um, that was very weird. Um, I can say uh, I, it was very nice for me to be down visiting my brother in Santa Barbara uh, <laughs> when everybody else was sitting out in a six-hour rain delay that turned into a cancellation. I, I, I did not feel bad in the slightest to be... Uh, on vacation that day, but um, you were yeah. like, you were probably like sitting on the couch and thinking, "I need a drink with an umbrella in it," and you probably went out and got one. That's my that's my vision of you. 
Yes, we were. Well, if I'd put an umbrella in my in my glass of wine at the wine tasting, then um, that that probably would have been frowned upon. It's like, oh yes, I I, I see the notes of tobacco and, and saddle leather in this Pinot Noir. Now please put a paper umbrella in for me. Um, no, it's uh, it was very nice to be checked out uh, for for most of that weekend. Um, but yeah, and you look up at the Tigers and they have a very Tigers like record. And these are the teams the Giants need to be beating. And and right now you could almost throw any lefty against them and. Or even have a, they even get to a lefty the other day, like they did to, to Jesus Lazardo and put up a couple runs on him. And then they just bring in, the, the Marlins bring in a lefty out of their bullpen, and you got Lamont Wade facing a lefty in the ninth inning. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, right now, this is a team that doesn't have balance, and um, they, they probably won't until they get Mitch Hanniger back and, uh, and Austin Slater back. Yeah, that's that's the right way to look at it. It's notable that the last three losses have been the kind where your heart was pulled through your nose because you spend a couple hours watching the game and expecting one thing, and then the exact opposite things, the exact opposite thing happens. That's the kind of losses that we've been dealing with. Even going back to that series finale against the Dodgers, where they're up three nothing on Clayton Kershaw, uh, Alex Cobb's looking good, and then you turn around and all higgledy piggledy is broken loose. And that's been ever since that the Taylor Rogers uh, four walk outing. It seems like the Giants have been a little bit cursed to play watchable baseball that makes you sad that you watched it. Yeah, and we've we've seen teams that uh, have, you know, not been super strong Giants teams and their biggest problem is they can't score the first time through the order or they fall behind all the time. And uh that has not been the problem this year. So I guess if you're looking for a bright spot, it's, you know, these guys are coming out with a good plan. I think they're they're um uh, they really haven't been bossed around by starting pitchers. They're, they're even when they're not scoring. I think they're putting up, you know, good plate appearances, and uh, they're getting to other teams' bullpens. But the problem is they've just been too fallible. Um, you know, past the fifth inning, that's where they're losing games, as you mentioned. And um, you know, I think that's an easier fix than if their problem were the other way around, um, because. I, some of those Giants teams, they just went all year and they weren't able to score the first time through the lineup. So um, I think you got to be really enthused about Lamont Wade Jr. You got to be really enthused about J.D. Davis. I mean, some of these guys look really good. Um, but yeah, between the bullpen and uh, um, not tacking on those runs and not being able to turn the lineup over, uh, which, yeah, you know, nice moment to have Joey Bart and Elliot Ramos hit back to back doubles. Uh, Ramos's first RBI of his career. I didn't realize he, he didn't have one yet. Um, that was a nice sign, but you know, I think, uh, you, you would probably be a little optimistic to think that that lineup's going to turn itself over, um, with a lot of ease until they start getting some people back. And, and maybe that's, that's going to really start helping them, you know, turn over the lineup, tack on more runs, and then, you know, they don't have quite as small a margin for error, whether you're Logan Webb or, or Taylor Rogers or whoever's out there in the late innings. Yeah, that's that's one thing. I'm working on an article right now that's trying to thread that needle between optimism and pessimism and looking for good things and bad things about every player on the roster. And there are a lot of good things kind of happening. Like you mentioned, Tyro Estrada is doing great things. Uh, J.D. Davis, his offense, sure, 
But his defense at third is looking really good. He's actually leading the Giants in outs above average. It's early, early for defensive samples, but he looks good and the stats are are backing up the eye test. Uh, You've got things that are working. And so it's you don't want to just shovel dirt on this team. Like I just spent uh, about 20, 25 minutes talking about the Oakland A's on my other podcast. And yeah, that you can't make any positives out of the Oakland A's right now. And the records aren't that dissimilar from the Giants. So you're looking at the Giants and you're squinting. And if you think that they're going to be this bad, you're thinking that Logan Webb's going to give up a home run at the worst time every time. You're thinking that uh, that you're going to get defensive foibles and that might happen. But I don't know, man. I just don't think that this team is that bad, which is a tough place for an opinion columnist writer to be in because no one wants to hear that right now. Yeah, no, I, you know, run differential, I think, tells you a lot. And the A's are already at minus 72 so bad. run differential. I mean, that's Take a crazy. spin around that roster. Take a spin around that baseball reference page. It's Oh, my God. I, I'm just looking. I mean, OK, the Tigers are minus 37. The Royals are minus 32. Those are teams that are going to lose 100 games, right? And then the A's are minus 72. That's where really bad teams are in mid-May. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> yep. That is I, that's hard to do. That is yep. literally hard to do. And the Giants are there at minus seven. So um, you know, and 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 I think the and the only team in the NOS that's really got a positive run differential. I mean, the the Diamondbacks are plus one, so they're pretty much even. The Dodgers are plus 16. The Rockies are minus 38. Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 Padres are minus four. The Giants are minus seven. It's been more of a distribution issue than anything else. And uh, and a lot of games that have been winnable that they haven't haven't won. And um, and obviously the first homestand didn't go the way they wanted, losing four out of six. So yeah, I think they just need to have a good series and have a series win. Uh, maybe it'll happen in Miami. They catch the next two there. Um, but uh, you know, the other thing we've talked about it is the schedule's not going to give them a lot of breaks. I mean, you've got no. the Mets. I know the Cardinals aren't playing well, but they're still, I think, pretty good. Um, they've got some starting pitching problems, but but that's a tough lineup to navigate when you got you know Jordan Walker hitting seventh or whatever it is. And then after they got the Mets and Cardinals, then they go play the Padres in Mexico City, which you know it's it's going to be. If you think Coors is fun? They, I mean, they're about seven thousand, eight thousand feet up in Mexico City. The ball's going to fly, and then you go to Houston. And then on the next uh, homestand, you got the Brewers first, and the Brewers are playing great. So, um, you know, it, it, the schedule is going to be tough through Mother's Day, and we've talked about that. So, um, you know, it's, it's they're just going to have to find a way to to make do with what they have until they start getting some people back. Get busy living or get busy dying, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I do. I think fans hate when people point to the injuries because injuries are going to happen. Every team's going to have injuries. Just the way the Giants are constructed, having Austin Slater and Mitch Hanniger out at the same time is going to be very, very rough for them to overcome. And then when you pair Jock Peterson going on the IL and you're dealing with Matt Beatty as uh, is your option in the Peterson slot like that, it's just not what the Giants were expecting. And when these players, if these players get healthy and they're all back at the same time, they're going to point and say, look, now we have a fully operational battle station. Uh, Until then, you know, you just kind of got to weather the storm. And the Giants have been pretty bad about weathering as of right now. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. You know, I think I mentioned this to, you know, on the last homestand in something I wrote. Um, You know, you you just you don't think that a team that, that brags so much about its depth and how 
how much depth it has at every position uh, it should should really fall apart when you're missing Mitch Hanniger and Austin Slater. But, mm. you know, like you said, uh, those two guys out at the same time uh, is rough. And it's so rough that you end up with Darren Ruff on the roster. <laughs> uh, uh, welcome, welcome back, Darren. Nice to have you. Uh, well, sorry, you can't have number 33. That's Taylor Rogers has your number now. Um, <laughs> although the whole league has kind of had Taylor Rogers' number. So, wow. but I'm bummed. Um, wow, you're cooking. Yeah, cooking with something. But uh, anyway, there was a point there, apart from me trying to be clever. Um, I guess the point was, uh, was yeah, I, it is a little stunning that for a team that's supposed to have all this depth, um, they they look pretty exposed by missing just a couple people. In, in a perfect world, what would happen is if Mitch Hanniger uh, and Austin Slater go down at the same time, they could simply bring up Elliot Ramos and say, well, this guy should be starting anyway in the majors. He's such a, a good prospect. But that's been letting them down as well. They just don't have those guys ready in AAA, ready for that uh, already on the 40-man roster who can just show up. You know, they've got prospects on the 40-man roster. They got Marco Luciano, they got Luis Matos, but no one that when you have the the front line go down, you can say, okay, here's your time to shine, kid. Uh, They just don't have that. And Ramos is had a couple of moments, but in general, he's been lost since uh, 2021 or so, maybe even earlier. Um, so I don't, I, it's just, it's a bad uh, string of dominoes to fall for the Giants, and they're pretty ill-prepared to to make it up. Yeah, I, I thought that you kind of covered it really comprehensively uh, with your article the other day, um, looking at, hey, you know, one of the things that they've been so good at is finding and hitting on free agents that can help them cover uh, in the short term for not having those implements from from the or inputs from the farm system. And that luck runs out for everybody, no matter how astute uh, you are as a front office. And, you know, the research you did on where all the war is coming from uh, and all that was was really, I think, illuminating. Um, I know you had to push that one back a little bit because you were, <laughs> you were pushed into some breaking news, Logan Webb coverage, which I appreciate very much um, that, that you jumped in and handled that. So thank you uh, for one. But um, but yeah, no it, that was, I thought, a really good, a really good piece. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was one of those ones that I stayed up until two in the morning the night before to work on, and I just couldn't get it right. So I woke up early the next morning, and I started, and I, I thought I had it pretty close, and then Logan Webb signs. And uh, bless his heart, because he deserves it, darn it. And that was a big cloud over the Giants, because you have fans grumbling about how this team is constructed, how they, you know, they don't have the star, they don't have this, and it's a bunch of mercenaries in one-year deal. 
deals with opt-outs and all this stuff. And there was this sense that they just don't sign pitchers to long-term contracts, homegrown or not, not in the Giants' DNA. I think this puts some of that to rest. Uh, Logan Webb is around uh, for a while and the Giants are happy. He seems happy. And I think the fans are happy. It's the extension that had to happen. I just wonder why it had to happen when it happened. I mean, I'm sure there are good reasons for that extension not getting done in spring training. But when I talked to Greg Johnson and he said it's an absolute priority and we hope that something's getting done very soon. And then I was asking around and I'm finding out, no, there's not a lot of traction on this right now. So hmm. I wonder if and now and this is just speculation, but I'm wondering if if upper upper management kind of, you know, took the reins here and said, look, you know, this is this is the kind of player we need to wrap up. You know, he's important to our fans. He's important to our future. You know, let's make sure we get this done. So I don't know if it was uh, an organizational priority more than a baseball priority, but it absolutely should have been an organizational priority because, you know, this is the kind of player that you want to lock up. And, um, uh, you know, you, you just see it around around the league. Every team that has a, a pitcher like Logan Webb is signing them to a, you know, four, five, six, seven-year contract. And, um, you know, and, and most of those deals do work out. Sometimes they don't. I remember when they signed Noah Lowry to uh, hmm. a, a contract through his arbitration years. And then he had the the nerve thing and it, it sort of ruined his, his career, a, a once promising career. Um, but even Noah Lowry was a guy who walked a ton of people and, and, and relied on some batted ball luck and, uh, you know, had that great change up. But, but, you know, there was not a lot, there was a lot of red flags under the hood, even when he was right. Uh, and, and, and that's not the case for Webb. I mean, Webb is just, even, even though he's given up four runs in, in four straight starts and you think, oh, there must be something wrong with him. All you have to do is watch his starts. And it's like, no, there's, there's nothing wrong with Logan Webb. He's just, he's just making one mistake at the wrong time right now. And, and, and hitters are not fouling them back. They're, they're, they're punishing them, uh, pretty much every single time. Um, and, and that'll change even, even if he, uh, isn't necessarily pitching any better. I mean, he'll he'll probably have a little bit better luck going forward. It's just he's been very, very snake bit so far. Yeah, real quick, you got me wistful because now I'm thinking about the Noah Lowry game against the Reds where he just had that changeup work in. And that's the, the bummer about being a, a baseball fan of the vintage that I am is that you can't just go and access that like the darn kids these days can go back and watch a game from last year on demand. I really want to see that Noah Lowry game uh, against the Reds again, because I remember that just uh, captured my imagination like few others. Yeah, he, I mean, he was when he was on. I mean, that changeup was just a great pitch, and um, uh, and and yeah, he was he was exciting for a while. The the one thing about Lowry is, let's see, he went thirteen and thirteen with a three seventy eight ERA as a twenty four year old in two thousand five. Um, 172 strikeouts in uh, that. That's that's a lot of strikeouts. He threw 204 innings uh, as a 24 year old. You wonder if he hadn't jumped up to 200 plus innings after throwing just 90 the year before, if maybe he might have stayed healthy a little bit longer. I mean, they it seems like teams are, are much better about pacing workload these days. <clears throat> but even when they gave him the contract, um, you know, I, I think his his last uh, healthy year uh, in 2007. Uh, check out his strikeout to walk ratio, 156 innings, 87 strikeouts, 87 walks. <laughs> so that, no. that's, uh, that, that probably wasn't going to be sustainable, even though he went for everyone just saw that he was 14 and eight that year. No, he had a great year. Um, so, but you know what? He's, he's a guy who, who definitely, um, signed that contract and, uh, 
it 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 gave them some security and that's why that's why these guys sign these contracts when they're young because you never know what's going to happen all right i'll bring us back from wistful town get back to logan webb because i think he he's kind of like a perfect proxy for how you feel about the giants if you think that the giants are this bad and i'm not talking about you're concerned about them maybe being a little bit under 500 or missing the postseason or whatever those are realistic concerns but if you're thinking of the giants as a 5 and 10 team uh, on the merits you're thinking that logan webb is the kind of pitcher who's going to lose every start that he that he makes and that's just not the case there are so many positive signs with him he leads the national league in strikeouts right now that was something that you wrote about it earlier this year that uh the Giants were looking for. They were looking for more swing and miss to take some pressure off of that defense. Uh, Not only is he striking more batters out than he ever has, he's walking fewer batters. And he gave up 11 home runs in 192 innings last year. He's given up five in 23 this year. Is that a concerning trend? Is it a blip or a hiccup? I would err on the side of hiccup, but I mean, it doesn't have to be, but he's looked fantastic and his ERA is 494, he's 0-4. That's just not going to continue if he keeps pitching like this. Yeah, you know, one thing I've noticed, uh, whether it was uh, the White Sox or or the Marlins um, just earlier this week, uh, I think teams are hunting the bottom of the strike zone on him. Uh, you, mm. You've noticed uh, a lot of hits have come on pitches that are below the strike zone and um, you know, the White Sox took a nice opposite way approach uh, against him uh, from their right-handed hitters. Uh, and you saw some of the hits that were dug out against him uh, in Miami uh, were, were off the shoe tops, basically. So I don't know if maybe he's going to have to make an adjustment where he elevates every now and again. It's not really his game. He, he jokes that he loves to throw his four-seamer that he never throws. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? He, he might have to do that. He might have to mix in a little bit at the top of the zone or, or up a little bit um, to just to to get guys off of, of hunting the bottom of the strike zone on him because that is where he's so effective. But, you know, if if that's the only place he's living, then, um, you know, hitter, hitters are really good. It, it is astounding to me how good major league hitters are. I, it just – it still blows me away, and I've been watching it for, you know, all my life. So – um, you know, they, they make adjustments uh, and, and they, they make them fast, too. So and the scouting reports are more detailed and, and more precise than ever. Um, so, you know, who knows? I, I'm sure that after this has happened now four times, um, they're going back to the drawing board a little bit and saying, OK, what's what's wrong? Do we need to change anything? Maybe the answer is no. But I guarantee you they're asking the questions because you don't have four starts like that four results like that. And you don't, you know, sort of beat up your approach a little bit. Yeah, it's one thing with Webb is is what makes him remarkable is that he has such movement you know, and he has it on different planes and he's able to throw it for strikes so consistently. It's just he's a, a very just a unicorn of a pitcher, a very unicorn. That's well English. Um, but I will say that <laughs> maybe he's throwing too many strikes. I don't know. But there's probably something there. But you can squint and see how it's going to be fixed. Like there, it, this is not an overhaul. This is a tweak. What about Taylor Rogers though? Because that right now looks like uh, – Deer in the headlights uh, is one way to put it, uh, but just lost. Um, there's something off. There's something very, very, very off. I don't, I don't see this one being an easy fix. Well, I mean, they're going to move him out of a leverage spot for sure, uh, and and let him try to get right uh, without, uh, you know, a whole lot of pressure on him. Um, 
But yeah, I think uh, it's what happened. You can count on one hand the number of times a Giants reliever has come in and faced four batters and walked them all. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, they all came around to score and messed up my fantasy team's ERA for the week. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can but actually yeah, count you know, on. You can count on one nose the time that a Giants pitcher has come in and walked all four batters he's faced. It's only happened once. Wow, that's crazy. That really is. Yeah. That that that's that's pretty amazing because uh, we covered Armando Benitez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? He's he's just hasn't been in the strike zone enough. That's been the biggest problem, and and he's given up uh, the two home runs. Uh, he's got this cutter that he learned with basically 10 days left in spring training, and he gave up the home run to Josh Donaldson uh, in New York on it, and I think that maybe shook his confidence a bit. Um, you know, in, in the outing where he walked four, he threw four cutters, and none of them were in the strike zone. So, um, you know, he might be having a little bit of a crisis of confidence right now, and and this isn't the first time he's gone through this. You know, uh, I remember uh, Tyler Rogers told me, you know that you know he when his his brother would lean on him and, and say, "Look, I I just I'm I'm lost right now," and and he said, "Look, Taylor, you you saved 32 games last year, so you know if that's your bad year, then then everyone's going to be envious of you." So, but but there were some some uh, you know there was a lot of ways that the results didn't match the stuff last season too, and the Giants kind of looked past that because they liked all the underlying metrics and. Um, and didn't really care that he had a, you know, what was it, a, a 5.48 ERA last year? So, uh, uh, with the Twins anyway, he had a 5.48 ERA. So, you know, they they got to get him right. He's an important part of their bullpen. Uh, he's obviously, you know, um, they're 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 they don't have as many ways to match up against lefties if if they've got to hide him in the back end of their bullpen. And I'm sure he's going to get plenty of chances to to figure it out. But yeah, it's it's about as bad a start as as, uh, as you could imagine for somebody who's coming over as a free agent. One article I keep meaning to look into or keep meaning to research is the progression of bullpens from this front office as the season goes along. Because even in 2021, the Giants start with Matt Whistler as a high leverage reliever, and that's part of the plan. And that year, you've got Caleb Berger. Uh, he's he's going to be part of the plan, and and you have uh, who else was Zach Littell was going to be part of that whole deal and they figure out what's going to last what's not going to last and then they're replacing they're fidgeting they're moving they're slotting you've got Duvall up now in a high leverage role that sort of thing this seems like a front office and coaching staff that will experiment with the bullpen and settle on something. I remember in 2020, that was the year, the Trevor Gott uh, experiment that didn't work out. But then by the end, up until Sam Coonrod, uh, the, the Giants had an okay bullpen for the second half of 2020. And it just feels like that's going to happen. It's not easy to watch. Um, that doesn't mean it's fun for the fans, but it feels like they are very much a uh, learn-as-you-go kind of front office and coaching staff when it comes to the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no better example, I think, than, than 2021. They had the lowest bullpen ERA in the majors, and you can go through, cycle through the, the guys who pitched the most on those teams. Tyler Rogers is still here. Jose Alvarez is not. Zach Littell is not. Jake McGee is retired. Arlene Garcia is not. Dom Leon is not. I mean, those guys are all gone. And we didn't see Camilo Duvall until the second half of that season, really. And then we got a little little bonus Tony Watson time, which, you know, always always good to have some bonus Tony Watson time. Um, <laughs> Jay Jackson uh, pitched very well for that team, you know, and he's gone. Uh, Whistler, uh, as you mentioned, it was gone very early. 
uh, John Brebia came out of nowhere and, and, uh, and he's now still an important part of that bullpen. Uh, Sam Long, gosh, you know, he's, he's in the minors trying to figure things out again. So, um, you know, guys that you think are going to be a big part of the mix end up not being a big part of the mix. And you're right. Uh, there's, there's a lot of sort of the, the dirty word with relievers is fungible, right? You always hear that word <laughs> attached to relievers. Well, guess what? When you pay someone 30 million over three years, they're not fungible. You got them. <laughs> you are keeping them and you are, you are going to continue to use them, uh, until the wheels fall off. So, um, so yeah, so Taylor Rogers is going to get plenty of chances, and he's probably going to have some really nice runs uh, of success for the Giants, but it sure hasn't happened right away. And if uh, you, dear listener, are wondering if there is, uh, or if there are reinforcements or a cavalry waiting for you in AAA, do yourself a favor and just look up the walk rates of the River Cats relievers right now because they are wild. You have mm. uh, fifteen. 10, 12.6, 13.5. RJ Dabovich is 20.3. He's walked uh, six batters in two and two thirds innings. Uh, Randy Rodriguez, also on the 40 man roster, uh, he's walked six and 3.1 innings. Uh, our, our editor, Melissa Locker, just said it has a lot to do with the robot umpires. Uh, but in general, the walk rates in AAA are bananas, and you don't see anyone coming out until that's resolved. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I do, however, enjoy uh, following the SFG Prospects uh, Twitter feed, um, and it seems like Jeremy Maldonado shows up on it every day now. Uh, he's just throwing absolute filth <laughs> at 98 miles an hour, and a lot of the guys they drafted in the first round, um, you know, are, are are really throwing the ball well. And and the, the question is how fast they're going to move those guys, because you know, some teams like the Rays, they'll just you know, uh, let guys fly through the minor leagues, so. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just wondering how many guys who are not on the 40 man may press their way into, into service this year at some point, you know, Chris Wright, he's a guy, if he throws enough strikes, he's got a great major league breaking ball from the left side. Uh, he's working as the closer at Richmond right now. Oh, and, and, and by the way, non-pitcher prospect uh, version, uh, as we speak, as we are recording this podcast, Patrick Bailey, uh, has gotten on base six times in six plate appearances and is hitting, uh, 412 for Richmond. So um, I wonder how much longer they will leave him there. Uh, and, and maybe he might be at AAA sometime soon, especially with Austin Wins now wearing a Dodger uniform uh, and out of the organization. Uh, we may see Patrick Bailey get moved up pretty soon. Uh, free story idea. Uh, talk to people about when a catcher moves from one team to another, what kind of intel does he bring with him? What kind of secrets do the Dodgers have now? Dang it. What is Austin Wins spilling right now? Wow, that's a great question. I wonder if it's worth it just to pick up someone like him just just to get that intel. But yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I well, I guess you don't necessarily have to change all the signs, right? I mean, you got pitch comm and all that now, so um, maybe maybe there's less than uh, than you'd think. Uh, I'm not sure. It's a good question. Um, real quick, when you're talking about there's someone maybe on the forty man who might uh, work their way into the Giants' plans later this year. I think forget about Camilo Duvall's progression, where in 2019, he is a hard thrower in San Jose, who's walking the world and striking out the world as well. Pandemic. 2021, he pitches 28 games with a high ERA, and he's walking seven batters per nine innings. 
And then he's on the Giants, and then he's their closer. And then he's their closer the next year and a pretty darn good one. That's a that's the kind of progression these guys can take where if the stuff really is just out there, wild, great stuff, it'll play in at any level, even if you have some concerns, you get them up, you get them coached up, uh, you might get yourself a Camilla Duvall. So yeah, the Giants have toolsy pitchers, so to speak. They've got hot pitches in the minors. And it'll take some time to sort out, but uh, I'm I'm curious about uh, like 10, 20 arms in the minor leagues right now. And hopefully at some point, they'll figure out how to slot them in. Yeah, it was fun to to spend some time at Papago and and watch some of these guys throw. Uh, At the time, they were uh, playing camp games really against each other, intra-squad type games. Um, But they they were fun to watch. I mean, there's you'd have one game going on one field, one game going on another. And there was always somebody you'd want to see every single pitch because... There were no boring people on the mound. Everybody was uh, was interesting, and and um, you know, like Carson Wisenhunt. My goodness, I mean that that's yes. a guy who can move very very quickly. I mean that changeup is talk well, about okay. changeups. No, yeah, Noah Lowry's changeup was very nice. You know, it was a very nice pitch. Carson Wisenhunt's changeup has like you know breathes fire. I mean, it's it's, it's nasty, like a freaking so. screwball. Yeah, it really is. It really it is. It reminds me of a screwball the way it breaks back in. Um, yeah, no, I I'm so, with you on Carson Wisenhunt. He throws strikes. He throws strikes with that kind of stuff. He's going to move quick. Yeah. All right. This has been episode 226 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I almost almost called it the roundtable. That's been what kind of day it's been for me. 226. Uh, we will be back next Monday. And by gum, I hope that we're talking about wins because those are more fun. It's more fun to come in and be like, hey, they're back. Giants back. Woo woo. So. We'll come Wins back on Monday. And- Wins is a Dodger. <laughs> All right. We will see you next Monday. Thanks for listening. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.